This is the Be Memorable podcast. My name's Ty Erickson. I'll be your host. We'll be talking to the best of the best on how to be different, be unique, stand out from the crowd, and overall be memorable. In this episode, we have Josh Weber with Big Red Jelly back on to talk about how they're branding, how they're selling, and how they're marketing, and really how they're using their process to be part of their brand. Josh, welcome back. How are you? Thank you, Ty. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, uh, Can you, you know how long it's been since the last time you were on here? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to guess three years, two years. So three years was the first time you came on, and then you came on a year after that. I was just looking at it right in the oh, thick wow. of, of COVID. So, Okay. Those were desperate, yeah. desperate times, desperate podcasts. <laughs> desperate I was bored. I needed something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. At that time, I think you were sitting in your house in your pajamas. You, you yeah. So. <laughs> talking business. Yeah. Wondering why nobody wanted to do business, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot has happened since then. I just I was reading, I don't know if you followed the the uh thing with the liver king. Do you have you looked at any oh, yeah. of this stuff? Yep. Yep. I've I'm I've been following that. It's uh that's interesting, right? It's I mean, kind of funny how you see all these uh stuff that doesn't matter in the, in the world. But, <laughs> but like yeah. that, the timeline of events and i was just joking to myself i'm like yeah lots happened even uh the liver kings come out and said he's yeah there's been some drama drama liver king the ftx yeah ftx collapse and and fraud and and twitter files and there's a lot of drama happening right now elon musk took over twitter (laughs) yeah that's crazy Anyways, well, uh, let's jump into it. Um, like I told you before, I've, I've kind of changed the, the format to this. And I what I want to do is kind of go back and connect with some of the people that I respect and the businesses that I know, um, not to just go in and do like your stereotypical, you know, podcast interview. Yeah. Um, yeah. But more so, like the thing that I was thinking about is I think people would like to know what people are actually doing. Like, I get that these are your philosophies and this is how you feel and this is what's, you know, this or that. But I think people would want to know like, hey, here's some businesses that are growing, uh, you know, and maintaining their business. How are they doing it? What are they doing? Yeah. It may be something as simple as picking up the phone, sending emails, CRA, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. So I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of go back and do that. Um, I kind of felt like some of the podcasts I've done in the past are kind of people's opinions and, you know, how they feel. But it's like, what are you what are you actually doing? You know? Yeah, sure. Um, I like that. So if you will, just take a minute. Um, tell us about your business in, in, a, in a quick version. Um, yeah. How long have you been in business? And then just a quick version of it. And I don't even know if, if I know that. I know a little bit about it, but just how you got started. Yeah. Um, so I'm co-founder of Big Red Jelly. We are a um, we are a creative branding and digital development agency. Um, we just passed our five year mark. We're here in Provo, wow. Utah. Um, and what we do is, um, you know, our tagline is brand, build, grow. And it, it's really a formula. Uh, it's brand plus build equals grow. So we focus on 
branding and building better online experiences for companies so they can grow. So we do a lot of the creative work if they need to rebrand, reposition, um, and then we build their online experience. This would be their website, a CRM, marketing automations, all that stuff. What we're trying to evangelize is it's all the important steps that a company should be doing before they even think about running a paid ad campaign, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we don't do the ongoing marketing and advertising. We have partners who focus on that. Uh, we niche down to just focus on those, those first steps and it's been a party, you know, I, I, I'm biased, but I like to say that we get to focus on the fun stuff. We get to brand and build cool stuff and then hand it over to our partners for growth. Yeah. So now do you find a little bit that people more often than not are, are doing things backwards or they're kind of doing the shotgun approach where they're just <laughs> kind of just, I'm placing mm. ads. No, I don't have a logo. I'm mm. driving it to my Instagram account. <laughs> I don't yeah. have a website and yeah. people don't understand what my product is. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a rudimentary uh, here, but it's like walking into a room in your house and there's a big crack in the wall mm -hmm. and you patch it up, you know, with some, uh, with some pain and some patching and, th and then you come back and it's bigger and then it come back and it's bigger. Eventually you got to say, well, maybe there's a foundational issue here. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, small businesses, I think, suffer from this the most. They run an ad campaign. And it's unfortunate to see, you know, because you might have a mom and pop shop that's got a thousand bucks to spend on some social media marketing or a PPC yeah. campaign. And then they go spend it and they got nowhere near the results they thought they were going to get. Mm -hmm. And immediately what some people think is, well, let me just put more money behind it. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not in, the, in front of the right audience or I'm not using the right platform. Well, maybe it's something deeper than that. Maybe it's your brand. Maybe it's where you're sending them to or, you know, your build. So that's what we're really trying to evangelize. And, and the, sh the short answer is yes, it's, it's rampant, right? It's, it's all over the place. So if we can help people bridge that gap, build a better foundation, great. And I think you, you kind of answered the, the second question I was going to ask you. So I'm going to kind of skip ahead. Um, mm -hmm. What do you feel? And again, I know this is, this can be so cliche, but what, what companies do you feel like should be utilizing what you do? And I, I know that answer is like, well, anybody, everybody, but like, what are you seeing? Who, who's your demographic? Mm. Um, who like for you right now, if you could go grab a client that would be like, man, I just, if I could just go get ABC company, they would just be a perfect fit for us. Who, who would that be? Yeah, that's, that, that's funny you ask. Cause we're kind of currently trying to refine even more who our ideal client is yeah. and we are seeing some patterns. Um, but I would say a phrase I like to use a lot with our marketing team is, you know, we love to work with companies that are for the most part, pretty successful. Like they're growing, they're solid. Mm -hmm. They've got a good reputation. They do good work. They've got a great yeah. product. They've got a great service. And they're growing or they're, they're being semi-successful despite their poor branding and digital foundation. Mm. And, and so if we can be that last piece where it's like, hold on a second, let, let me, I'll give an example. Um, I was just on a video call with um, one of the largest masonry and trucking companies in Nevada. In fact, oh, I think wow. they are the largest. They do iron work. They do trucking masonry. They're a 300 plus employee a company with thousands of contractors. Anyway, we're kind of on a discovery call with these guys, clearly yeah. successful. They've been around for yeah. like 40 plus years, you know, fam family owned and operated. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I, I say, I'm kind of breezing through some stuff, asking some questions. And I say, hey, wh what CRM do you use? And the CEO was on the call and the COO was on the call. And they say, what's a CRM? Mm -hmm. And I was, I was shook, right? So for those who are listening, CRM is a customer relationship management or manager tool. So yeah. HubSpot, Salesforce, like what happens when people contact you? Where's that database? What do you do with it? And that, that was just a big aha moment for me. Like there are some really obvious gaps that if companies can fill these priorities, everything else is going to be better. And so, so was the concept to them like super foreign, like just a CRM yeah. software or had they been like, whoa, we've heard of stuff like that, but we just didn't feel like we needed it or what? The, as soon as I explained some, or I mentioned some brands, right? Like, have you guys heard of Salesforce or HubSpot? Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then the next question is, okay, well, t tell me this, you know, what happens when someone contacts you for a masonry quote or a big project? Yeah. What happens? Say, well, it goes to our, it goes to Becky at the front desk. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> is it a note? Is it carrier pigeon, smoke signal? Like, how's it going to go? <laughs> And oh, it's through our website form. Okay. And it goes, just goes into her Gmail and they say, yeah. Okay. And then where's that going from there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, that's, that's up to Becky. And I'm like, okay, so you see how this is related to training headaches, marketing headaches. It's everything, you know? So Meanwhile, Becky's like, I hate my life. I throw <laughs> yeah. everything at me and I don't, yeah. don't know what to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you see the light bulb kind of turn on and they're like, you can see why this tool or foundational step is going to improve your sales, your targeting, your email, like who you're, you know, who you're contacting, your hiring. It's all connected. That's an example. Yeah. And that, that's interesting that you say that. I, I almost begin to wonder if some of that rawness of some of these companies has helped them get to where they're at. But now mm. they're at a point where they're saying, okay, we got to where we're at, but now we're a little bit stuck because what mm -hmm. we're doing cannot transcend from small to medium or medium to large or whatever. And that's just growing pains. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that happens a lot. I mean, being in the manufacturing space, um, people use spreadsheets. I mean, Yep. And I, I thought I'm like, well, we're, we're small. So, you know, what other option do we have? But then yeah. I started meeting with people that are running bake shops that are running, you know, 500,000 to a million cookies a day. Wow. And I'm like, Hey, what do you guys use? I, I would love to see, you know, this yeah. futuristic system. And they're like, Microsoft Excel. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I don't feel too bad now. Yep. Yep. But, so that's interesting. There's Find probably more tool. so than not. Yeah. Find a tool that works for you. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. My older brother says the same thing. He's like, he kind of laughs at these different tools that I like to geek out. Mm -hmm. Thing you're doing, I can do in Excel. I said, probably right. It just comes down to what you prefer. But the principle of the thing is important. Okay, people are contacting your business through your website, your live chat, social media, in person, networking, your sales team. Where are you organizing all of these contacts and touch points? Yeah. I don't care if it's in an Excel spreadsheet yeah. or a Salesforce, but it's got to be organized somewhere. Right. Yeah. So. And it's got to be designed to be able to, you know, especially a CRM has got to take it from one place to another and help yep. it evolve as well. That's the challenge yep. with Excel, but yep. there's some people that are super good at Excel, but I think at some point it, it struggles evolving, but yeah. Yep.
Um, well, tell me what what should companies know about your business and what you do? I know you said you know you do digital branding. You do some of these people that that you talk to. Like, what are some of the things that you're having to let them know um, with what you do? And then and then also, what's kind of the quick sales pitch of like why should they do be doing business with you? Obviously, mm. you know, there's other people out there. Yeah, but like yeah. what? Are, yeah, what did, what should they know about you and mm. why should they do business with you? Yeah, so why what they should know about us is, you know, oftentimes and I is, you know, I understand why this happens, but we get confused as being a full service digital marketing agency and mm -hmm. we are intentionally not that, you mm -hmm. know. Um cuz we wanted to be the best at branding and building digital foundations for companies. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to niche down when COVID first struck and just focus on what we were always best at. It was one of the best decisions we ever made. Yeah. So a lot of companies will come to us because they say, Hey, I need you to do some SEO or I need you to do a Google ads campaign. You say, Hey, we don't do that. We have partners who specialize in that. But while you're here, why do you think you need that? And then we do a little bit of digging and then we find out, hey, you know, we think you're positioned entirely in the wrong niche right now. You're trying to target these types of customers and demographics when in fact these types are the ones that are buying from you the most. So why don't we do a little brand discovery and see if there's some foundational issues here and then more often than not there is, you know. Then we go through our brand build grow process and then that SEO and that investment into their ads and marketing is just that much more effective. So companies come to us for a lot of reasons and it's fun to try and diagnose the deeper level of why they think they need a certain thing. There's usually a, a, a more uh, foundational crack that's kind of appearing, if you will. Yeah, I think that's an important piece for a lot of people because especially when you're a new small business even into medium-sized business um you you want to take business from everywhere you can get it right like you, yeah. you don't want to be like oh no i don't want to shut off this this side but at the yeah. same time you're not able to capitalize really well on one thing because you're trying to capitalize on on everything and so yeah. I, I think it's been important and that's why like even a, a podcast like this mm. that is something that i've heard you talk a lot about and i think that's a lesson that a lot of people can learn including myself i i struggle with that because i we do have a sector that we do really well at mm. we still have this tempt of like well but we could do so well <laughs> over here. yeah you know, but at the yeah. same time, mm. it may be that core client that we could pull on. We're not yep. because our message is so general that they're kind of sitting there yep. going, eh, it's great, but I don't, I don't know, you know, is that really for me? Yeah. Uh, and so that, that's cool that you guys did that and that's worked really well for you guys. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I just wanted to point out, I, th I think that's a big lesson that somebody can take if they they're listening from this is yeah. Find out what that niche is. And it doesn't mean which I'm sure you you know and you guys are looking at it doesn't mean you can't evolve, but it definitely makes sense to start yeah. in a smaller area and get very well in that yeah. area, as opposed to trying to do the shot everything. 100%, yeah, hundred percent. More often than not, um, I mean, very rarely. I can't remember the last time I encountered a small business that was too niche. It's yeah. almost always the other way around, like you said. They're trying to be all things to all people. And when that happens, you're nothing, you know? Um, 
And I think that a lot of times small businesses in particular get this wrong where they think, hey, I need to grow. I need more sales. I need more marketing. That's usually front of mind for a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs. And the solution they jump to is I need to spend more here. I need to turn up the gas here. That's not always the case. Niching down can be rocket fuel for growth. Uh, that's what happened for us. I mean, I've I've been transparent in showing people our revenue line where we were growing before as a full service yeah. digital marketing agency. As soon as we niche down, we rip that bandaid off. It, yeah, you can see the immediate growth there. So that should be comforting, I think, to people. Um, niching is a powerful thing. Well, and I think it's so stressful for a lot of business owners trying to be everything to everyone as to yeah. where if they just simplify down. And even if they don't feel like that market's that big, go capitalize on that market and then say, okay, I've got, you know, 70, yep. 80% of that market. Now, is there something else that we exactly. can do capitalized on yep. that? Yep, exactly. So, so um, the next thing I was going to ask you, and I know you've talked a lot about this as well, just within your company and with your clients, um, but what's the best way for someone to get started with you and your company and i that's that's a two-piece question of mm. i know you talk a lot about like onboarding yeah uh, and how you bring on you know people but what does that look like technically and then like philosophically i guess would be the words for someone to get started with your company yeah um well first you know i know a lot of we try to have a really low barrier of entry we love to do just a free consultation where we just ask a whole lot of questions. Because again, for us to be successful um, and grow as a company, we need to successfully diagnose what we think your real foundational issues are. And again, the calls usually start with, well, I'm not getting enough sales. My marketing conversion rates are lower than I think they should be. I don't have a lot of reviews. I'm overwhelmed. There's even high level, uh, you know, questions that we ask, like, you know, how stressed are you? How many hours a week do you spend doing this thing, business owner? And then if we, as we dig deeper, it's almost always something that's cracked in the brand or the build that we can fix and optimize. And so once we diagnose that, I see the aha moment happen for the client. Then we start the brand and the build process. And for us, like you said, onboarding, I think is, is by far the most important phase of any customer client re relationship. Um, you know, it's, it's the first impression. Um, it's the chocolate on the pillow when you come into your hotel room. Um, and so ironing that out is super important. And one thing that we've really been trying to do recently, I'll just pick one specific thing with onboarding that we're trying to improve that I think might be helpful for people listening is, um, you know, with all onboarding, whether you're a mortgage loan officer, a real estate agent, a dentist, a plumber, we all have an onboarding phase, right? It's like when I walk through the door into a new house, what questions do I ask? What's that process of getting to the work? Um, or if I'm business or B2B uh, or service-related business, there's a, let's take the mortgage loan officer example again. There's always that process of I need to gather a bunch of info first, right? Sometimes people jump straight to that step way too fast, right? I'm a mortgage loan officer. You want to apply... I need this list of 30 things that you need to say. We've all been through that, right? And sometimes I think we need to slow down and say, hold on, there are discovery questions that I should be asking way before this. Hey, what's where do you see yourself in five years? Why are you buying a house? Where do you want to buy it? 
what, you know, uh, tell me about where you're from, where you're going, what's your family situation. So some people are much better at this than others. And you can relate that analogy to your business. And then the, the last piece of advice I'd give to just so many small businesses out there is with your onboarding process, where you have questions or you have a discovery call or an onboarding call, consider changing those questions from the usual stuff that you always see, right? Because we've been programmed We've all been onboarded so many times now <laughs> that we have like our memorized responses to everything and it's just For plug sure. and play cookie cutter. Um, but every once in a while, I'll encounter an agency or we'll be working with a partner and they're trying to get to know me before we work and they'll just ask a question off the wall. Hey, what client, what competitor scares you the most right now? Yeah. Hey, when was, what was the last time you won a client and why, when was the last time you lost a deal and why and I'm like, Whoa, now I'm telling stories instead of just, you know, regurgitating facts. And it's way more helpful in building that relationship and onboarding in my opinion. For so. Sure. You'll, so speaking of onboarding, you'll get a kick out of this, especially with what you guys do. I I've got this company on Instagram that just keeps on throwing out ads and, and they're like a, they're similar to a Robin Hood where you mm. invest in uh, Airbnb short-term rental. Have you, have you mm. seen that? Yeah. So yeah. Like an, so I was in there. I'm like, oh, it's kind of an interesting concept. You know, like we, I dabble in some, some short-term rentals and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let's mm. go through just to see what the on, you know, what the onboard looks like. Like how do they convert? Yeah. Oh, you know, somebody to this. And I went in, I think I answered maybe, three questions and all of a sudden the screen pops up and goes, what is your social security number? <laughs> We're all, like what? Yeah. Like, three questions and all of a sudden it comes up and it's like input your social security. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. See? How in the world, who yeah. in the world thought that they could ask three questions? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure if you put enough ads out there, there's enough people maybe yep. that yep. maybe won't take that serious enough. But I'm like, what in the world? Yeah crazy that that is a good example of what not to do yeah I, I just thought that was comical as you were talking about onboarding i started thinking of that and i'm like yeah that's a pretty crucial step <laughs> and even thinking about that like what is what are you finding when you are onboarding someone like are you finding people are going to your website and being like yeah we want services we want mm. you know the free discovery call or are you still seeing a lot of hands-on email, phone? Like, mm. what does that look like as far as how you're acquiring customers? Yeah. Luckily for us, and, you know, um, this is what most businesses, I think, would aim for, is most of our new clients are word-of-mouth referrals from our current clients. Okay. Um, and those are the best, right? Those are the best. You've got You've got brand advocates at that point who just love your service. They can't help but share the word. Now, do I think there's some processes that you can strategically implement while you're servicing a client that elevates that number? Absolutely. I love to geek out about that stuff, right? When, when do you ask for an introduction? How do you ask for an introduction? How do you keep the flywheel of marketing spinning? Yeah. Um, so client referrals is our number one. Um, number two is, you know, just the, yeah. Like, are you guys asking for those referrals or do you feel like there's a process that you have in place that's encouraging that? Or like if mm -hmm. someone's looking at it going, well, yeah, I've got fans and stuff, but how is he cultivating those referrals? Is it the mm -hmm. quality of the product? I mean, I know it's everything, but what are you seeing? You know, if you were to give someone advice on that, 
what is yeah. the working for you to cultivate those referrals? Yeah, there's some low hanging fruit, quick tips that I always recommend. Um, before anything else, though, before the quick tips is like you just briefly mentioned, it, obsess over your product or service. It, that, that is number one, right? Like you, you got to do a good job yeah. or this is all going to be a lot harder. So you've got to obsess over getting feedback and an iterating, improving. Um, that's number one. But then quick tips on how to, to get to that next step. You know, one thing that we've started doing is ask for introductions or referrals before you start working. Mm. Right. I don't know where this misconception came from, that it has to be after the project or the order that you ask for referrals. I understand the logic there. Like I have to prove to you that I'm, you know, good. But when we buy ski tickets or tickets to a music show, we invite our friends before we go. Do we not? You know? There's, there's just as much dopamine and serotonin, I'm sure, that pumps into your brain before you start a project than at the end. In fact, I read a whole article about that where it really is that, oh, I got my tickets for the show. I'm, I'm excited. That's a great time to ask for introductions and referrals. Yeah. And it's been wildly successful for us. The other advice is um, we tend to only ask for referrals for clients that said yes to working with us. Why not ask for introductions on a deal lost? Yeah. Right. Hey, Bob, you know, I understand we're probably not a good fit. Thanks for your feedback. Um, are there people in your network that you think would work well with us? I'd love a, a couple introductions, right? Yeah. That's worked well for us too. And then so you can outline your entire process. It's fun to visualize your whole process from onboarding, pre-onboarding to onboarding, to servicing the client, to offboarding. And then that's another key phase too, right? At the end, you can, you know, strategically do some outreach, ask, have a check-in call, right? Have a low barrier of entry. You finish working with the client, reach out, say, hey, how was it? I'd love your feedback. You kind of, you, you're, you're helpful first, you're providing value, and then you always kind of finish it off with, hey, I'm glad, Bob, you had a great experience. By the way, are there other business owners you think would benefit from working with us? I'd love an introduction. Who can you think of, right? So- yeah, huge fan of strategically asking for referrals instead of just shooting from the hip, you know? Yeah, and I think that's a great point that I have learned from you guys as well, because I, I do remember, I don't know if it was like on some of our introductory calls or, you know, mm. just different stuff throughout the process. I remember getting a message or somebody reaching out saying, hey, how did the call go? How did you like the process? If, yeah. if the process was good, give us feedback. And then on top of that, like we yeah. had and gotten into the product yet but it was like hey if you had a good time on the phone call like give us a review yeah yeah that that's another one yeah like even people with google reviews are starting out and they're like ah, i don't have any reviews and it's like well i one thing that i've done is i'm sitting there going somebody could eat a piece of our chocolate and be like oh that's good it doesn't mean that they've got to order a thousand of them to give me a exactly yeah exactly like, hey how did you like that piece of chocolate you know would you mind yep. giving review and that's still a review of like hey ate this chocolate it was phenomenal it doesn't yeah. hey, i spent yeah. my with these guys like yeah and so that was one thing that i that i've learned as well or just in like you guys have done uh just in interactions like if you enjoyed the interaction if we treated yep. you if you had a good experience do you mind leaving us a review you know yep. it doesn't have to be I don't have to buy from you. Yeah, I don't have to give you money in order to leave a review, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that is another thing, especially as people are starting out or again in that small mid stage, if you haven't gone that route of like getting reviews, 
like they don't have to be your main master client in order to leave you a review. It could be yep. like you guys have done something as simple as, did you enjoy our process? You know, yep. if, yep. if you did, would you mind just leaving a review that you were treated well? Yep, exactly. Yeah. And I think another tip was something we've implemented recently is uh, anniversary outreach is what we call it. Right. So just a quick, easy tip for small business owners out there, especially if you're a project shop or, you kind of sell like one-off things, you sell a product or um, like us, you sell a service, but it's all kind of a one-time service. And then the, the client moves forward, reach out at the six month mark and the year mark, the two year mark, the three year mark. Think about the list you're building. You should be reaching out on their work anniversary with you, right? Your, your birthday with the client. And instead of saying, Hey, um, Bob, would, would you like to sit down? It's been a year now since we worked together. Can you believe that? Would you like to sit down and, and chat again and see if we can service, you know, you instead tweak that verbiage and say, Hey, it's time to sit down and review yeah. uh, where we're at. Right. Just like your insurance agent does and your dentist, right? If I'm a carpet cleaner, instead of reaching out saying, Hey, would you like to have another carpet cleaning again? It's been six months. Instead it's, Hey, Bob, it's been six months since I last visited. Can you believe that? It's time for us to do a, a cleanup review. Yeah. It's time for your checkup, right? So just that little copy change, uh, big, big results. Yeah, that's great advice. What if someone decides, and I know you, you touched on this a little bit. What if someone decides not to do business with you guys? What advice do you or would you give them moving forward? Um, ask for introductions, right? It's not the end of the road. Um, and you'd be surprised. People would be surprised how many people are willing to introduce you. You're just not a good fit. You know, it might be, it might've been their decision or yours that you didn't do business together, but yeah. people still, I really do believe people want to feel like they're helping others. They, right. they do want that reward, that feeling. I can't do business with you, but I can think of two people who I think would love to chat with you. Great. Right. And then, of course, again, coming back to the CRM, right? Like the amount of clients that we've had that we move to close lost, right? Like it's not a good fit right now, but that end up coming back six months later, a year later, because we keep front of mind with them, with our email nurture campaign, our content, our social media is there. We're just remaining front of mind, providing value. So when they're ready to take action, they think about Big Red Jelly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, uh, what would you tell someone or the business if they tried to do, do you get people? Well, I guess the answer would be a resounding yes on this. Obviously people are trying to do what you do on your, on their own. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like as a freelancer. Yeah. Well, or, not freelancer. Oh, right? like a small business owner is trying to set up these processes. Yeah, and they try to yeah. do it in house or have their cousin Eddie or whoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the truth is that sometimes that is the answer. That's like yeah. you know that that's I've I've been saying that more and more now. It depends on so when it comes to branding and brand strategy, brand positioning, and then building so web design and the tools and the marketing automations you set up. That's a lot of stuff, and I, more often than not, I will encounter a small business owner, a startup owner. And they might come to me first and I say, hey, a lot of this I think you should attack on your own. Yeah. And when you hit these milestones, then let's have a conversation. 
Yeah. There's, there's way too many agencies out there that are that are just yes people and hey there's you're, you're gonna give me cash great i'll figure out how to do it and it's just not good for either party so and, but i try i try to say hey here are the fundamentals like if you're gonna go do it on your own let's right. talk branding let's talk branding. don't jump straight to visuals think about ask yourself some of these questions why did you start the business who are you serving what are five reasons I should pick you over your competitors? And don't give me the uh, customer service. I'm friendly. I'm transparent. No, give me something new. Like really differentiate yourself, and and start with that. Right then, the, the, the flyers I'm making on Microsoft Publisher are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've yeah made I bet they are. I bet they are. Microsoft yeah. 3D Paint you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Do have to start, you know, you do have to start somewhere. And I think that is, you know, giving, man, I go back and not to get too distracted on this story, but I do remember meeting someone in years back that came in and, and talked about chocolate and wanted you know, to make this private label. And, and, uh, mm. it was just an idea. He was literally making chocolates in his kitchen. Yeah. And I remember, the people that were with me were like, uh, like you, you're just mm. to, you have to go, you know, kind of do this on your own type thing. And funny enough, he, I mean, he thought he needed help. He's just like, there's no way I can do this on my own. Yeah. And now he's probably one of the top products at Costco. Wow. Yeah. Single handed. Yeah you know, started from literally probably using, you know, Microsoft paint, <laughs> yeah. like figured it out yeah. and, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to him. Cause I think he, you know, it made him figure it out. And then he was more prepared as he went to hire somebody. I can tell yep. he was just more prepared and, and had things kind of lined up, but totally. Yeah, totally. Um, what, what difference have you seen with companies that are working with you right now? Like going from kind of a beginning stage, maybe give me an example of somebody that's starting with you to like an end stage. What are you seeing and what differences are you seeing in, in how they're doing and what they're doing? In terms of the types of companies that are coming to us now, as opposed to back in the day or. Yeah. Um... Well, probably more so now of like people that have hired you and they've decided to move forward. Let's say they yeah. start, and they had like we're talking about their own logo or they went all visuals first and they were yeah. kind of i don't know maybe just give me an example uh yeah a, a success story of somebody that started with you and then where they're at right now and just the difference differences you've seen yeah. in business and maybe even in their their brand and just in their processes and and that side yeah. of stuff. yeah totally so you know our our um, the, the size of business that we work with has grown significantly over the last even year here at Big Red Jelly. Um, and what we're seeing a lot of is, and thank goodness is again, like branding is a lot. branding is not just a logo, right? Branding is everything from how you do your customer service to the jargon that you use internally within your team to how you lead your leadership meetings to your core values, your mission, your vision. And then that is 
um, expressed through your copy and your marketing collateral and your color schemes and your typography. And so what we're seeing a lot more of now, and it's exciting to see, is a lot of companies, I think, becoming very aware of the importance of internal branding, of why they exist as a company. And I have a hypothesis that going through COVID and this pandemic has really caused a lot of business owners and businesses to just reflect, like do some self-reflection as a business, like, wait a second, this is really hard. Why are are we doing this again? (laughs) Right. And then, and, and that starts to get this conversation going about, man, yeah, what are our values? What's our vision? What's our mission? Okay. Let's nail that down. Yeah. And now, okay, do our visuals represent that now, you know, externally and internally? Okay, check. Now, is that being uh, shared correctly via our website and online experience? Okay, check. So it's fun to see business owners kind of do this thinking. And we're seeing it in um, from mom and pop shops up to enterprise level clients we're working with now. And it, it's fun to see. So it's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um. What so now getting down to the nitty gritty on on what you guys do, hmm. what is it that you guys are currently doing to brand yourselves and your company? Great question. Um, well, right now, you know, going back to being obsessed about your product or service, right now we are in a full on deep dive into our own framework or proven process. We've got a great proven process, but we're going deeper where we're really trying to outline every chapter, as we call it, in our brand phase, every chapter in our build phase, every chapter in our grow phase. What is the objective of each chapter? What are the milestones that need to be achieved? What are the tasks or deliverables that come with each? And what are the questions that need to be answered before we proceed? So we're going that deep and so that we can market ourselves more as, hey, you're not coming to Big Red Jelly for a brand. You're not coming here for graphic design or copywriting or, or WordPress web design. You're yeah. coming here because of our proven process and the results that it brings. I think that's what uh, allows a company to increase and scale their pricing much more effectively. Don't sell features and benefits. Sell a solution. Sell a proven process, a framework that people believe in, you know? So that's the next big step for us. What about marketing? Uh, Mm. Obviously, you know, I wanted to touch on brand and there's marketing and then there's sales. What are you guys currently doing to market yourselves? Yeah, we are, um, strategic partnerships is big for us. And I, I'm a huge fan. I always say, don't, I don't care what industry you're in. There are always strategic partnerships. And if you have the right ones, that's rocket fuel for sales, right? So for us, it's obvious. There are really big agencies out there that specialize in advertising and PR and marketing. And, and we don't do that. And they don't want to do branding and web design. And yes. we refer our clients to them and vice versa. And that's huge. That. And it's way more effective than online advertising because these are very warm referrals and introductions. So partnerships is huge. Um, And then we do advertise, but in the right places. So any agencies that are listening, Clutch is a big one. It's kind of like a marketplace for vetted agencies. Um, Design Rush, kind of being where your people are, right? So being in the marketplaces of the technologies that we use, that's where our people are and they're looking for help. Gotcha. What about sales? What are you guys doing on the sales side? Mm. Um, 
we've got a we've got a great sales team because we are mostly a project shop you know it's imperative that we are constantly closing new project revenue and um they are great at I still believe in some grassroots sales, man. Like networking is important. They build those relationships. They build those strategic partnerships. Um, and then training. Like you and I were just chatting about Sandler, um, you know, that Sandler sales training, like constantly refining our pitch and elevating how we talk about our services. So, yeah, so far so good. What about last but not least, what are you guys doing to make yourself more memorable, meaning how are, let's say the timing's not right, or let's say it's repeat. And I know we've touched on a little bit, but, but is there any other insight you can give me? How are you making sure that people are remembering Big Red Jelly the next time mm -hmm. services? You know, I'm, I'm going to butter your biscuits here a little bit, Ty. <laughs> I don't know what um i i've said this many times because i i like saying um i like sharing this and it kind of surprised people like we're a digital creative agency yeah and so a lot of people are like oh you know, it must be very modern must be very you know there's like tricks of the trade and wizardry that's happening for us to do uh you know client happiness or outreach or or staying front of mind and it's funny because i remember many years ago i was working with uh, a financial advisor and um one day i got a card and i opened it up and it was a handwritten card from her and that just stuck that's just like stuck with me ever since and and i'm like you know what despite us being you know we we are on the cutting edge of digital and creative despite that i i think that you've got to remember some traditional stuff sending chocolate right or a thank you card a handwritten thank you so that's something we take very seriously here we have a whole client happiness phase where at the end of the project um, again, using our CRM, you know, uh, at the year mark and going forward, it's a handwritten note from the strategist that they worked with. Right. So like that stuff matters that, that that's going to differentiate you, honestly, you know, there's enough emails and texts and stuff. Like yeah. You're Say that again. Building that into your CRM, as far as like, if somebody's not using a CRM or somebody's trying to figure out those touch points you guys are utilizing your CRM to do that, correct? Yeah, the CRM simply reminds us when that time has come and who who it's for, but then we still need to sit down. So we sit down as a team. We It's the first Friday of every month, takes 30 minutes, we get food, it's fun. And then we have all these thank you cards lined out and there's a little, and everyone remembers the clients they worked with. Yeah. And, 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 and it's literally, you sit down, you write that in there and then our office manager, you know, packages that with, whether it's chocolates or, or something uh, with their brand on it and sends it to them. That, that's been huge. You know, that stuff goes a long way. So, yeah, that's awesome. I just, I would need to know how to get in on the lunches. That's all I'm trying to <laughs> Yeah, You can just show but up. Yeah. A contract employee agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to get the internal emails. I'm like, lunches here. <laughs> I, I'll shut down. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to the Be Memorable podcast. I hope you took a ton of value from this episode. If you don't mind, please leave us a review. That helps us get the show out there. It also allows us to add more value to others. Thanks again.